0: Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we talk about stuff and things. I'm Tyler. (laughs) And I'm Melisandre,
1: without the magic necklace.
2: I mean, I'm Alex. Ah, yes, the pulse-pounding revelation that Melisandre is old. (laughs) I'm Britain. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, Tyler. Guys, Tyler's back. Thank you.
0: I am. Um... I have no other, no other information <laughs> to provide. That is a, that is a weird, uh, a weird cliffhanger, yeah. For the first episode, it's just like ah, uh, she's
2: old and it, there's she, there's tends so to be much like gravity put on that sequence of like, <laughs> can you even do you get it? You thought, but whoa! And I was like, yeah, well, you know, that's crazy, I guess uh well tyler how have you been we missed you. welcome back to the to the podcast
0: yeah i'm good <laughs> things are fine yeah. um good
2: good glad to hear it
0: we'll see if uh prime child uh makes an appearance on this podcast <laughs> um but i think uh so far we should be able to get back into the swing of things uh, i enjoyed the um early Halloween special that we got it. Cause you know, like this is a year, this is the year to be like, let's just get Halloween started. Let's just, yeah you know, we don't honestly. need to keep it to October. We can, we can ramp it up. There are mm-hmm. giant Home Depot skeletons floating around, you know, it's, <laughs> we're good. Let's just make it happen.
2: Um, <laughs> Halloween is canceled. <laughs> uh,
0: we are, we are not talking about more, uh, scary spooky things unless i guess you're considering uh, game of thrones season eight which one of our episodes oh. for may come out on halloween or about thereabouts um we are talking about game of thrones season six uh specifically the first five episodes <clears throat> be the red woman home oathbreaker book of the stranger and the door our good, good friends at IMDb have given these episodes an 8.5, a 9.4, an 8.7, a 9.1, and a 9.7, which is like easily, I think, the most scattered any of the at least the first set of episodes for any of these seasons have been. Um, so I don't really know what's going on there. We're, I'm I'm really not invested in what they're doing uh, until we get to season eight. At this right. point, I'll I'll keep doing it for posterity. But like, but we'll we'll talk about these. Uh, and, and why why I've uh, dedicated so much time to reciting them every week once we get there. Um, all of the episodes this week were written by D&D, except for episode two, which was written by Dave Hill, a guy who came on last season and is on this season. Um, our directors are Jeremy Pideswa for the first two, uh, Daniel Sackheim for the second two. Pideswa was there in the last season, uh, Sackheim... Uh, Has been around the block. Uh, I've been, Mm -hmm. I've I've actually, I have been watching through The Americans, and I've seen his name pop up quite a bit. I think he's like a producer on the first few seasons and done all sorts of fun stuff. Um, And then episode five is uh, directed by Jack Bender, who I did not realize, but apparently he was super involved with Lost, and I think he's actually been directing TV since like the 70s. Like he's been, he's a very veteran TV director, Um, which I think shows, we'll talk about that sure um anybody have any strong opinions about best and worst episode i can hmm. take it if you want me to uh, jump right back into things we'll, yeah come, the break. come back in yeah um for me i i feel like these episodes almost are just like stair stepping up in quality uh through these first five episodes maybe not quite directly but pretty close to it um i do think the first episode is the weakest I don't have any particular uh, problems with it. I think it kind of feels like this is the point where they've realized, okay, we're not getting another book. We have to produce a season of television on our own completely. We're not adapting anything anymore, Uh, at least for the most part. I don't think... There's a little bit of uh, highly adjusted Ironborn content, Um, but Mm -hmm. aside from that, pretty much everything is new. Um, And so they're kind of just like, we have to cut some stuff out and and start, like, splicing these plot lines together. Um, And so I think – is it episode one or two – that it is episode one where they it feels like they're kind of sweeping a lot of Dorn stuff under the rug. <laughs> they're just like, get, get, oh, they, they get out. through we're, that as fast as humanly yeah. possible. People, people are dead. I don't just make it. <laughs> we're, we're good. We don't need them anymore. We, we've we realized that George has no plan for them. So we have no plan for them. Just like, let's let's start knocking this out. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing. Like for, for all the uh, complaints about season eight being rushed that we will address when we get there. Uh, I think this is probably where the most crunch comes in from trying to transition over from the books, just because there's a lot of stuff where they're like, all right, we are writing this ending on our own. We're not, he's not going to get another book out by the time we're done with this, much less finish the series. Um, And so I think that the, I don't know, it, it it's not a bad episode of television by any means. Uh, it's still game of Thrones. Uh, I think it just, there's, there's a lot of addressing points that we have to get through and move on. Um, it doesn't feel like they're really able to settle in and enjoy what they're doing. Um, it's, it's more just, we have to clean up some stuff. Uh, yeah. and you also get, maybe that's later. I up my episodes. We'll address it anyway. Um, I think that effect continually bleeds off. To where we get more and more into like okay now we're doing stuff that they want to do and that is not just yeah. like logistical uh unraveling um and then i think by the end of the set of episodes uh, the the door is uh, a really really good episode of this series mm-hmm. um there is i and not just because uh, i think this is a very common thing with game of thrones where they end with something that's huge And so that's what you think about when you think of that episode, because obviously this is where we get the revelation of what happened to Hodor and and how he uh, went through the the process of becoming someone who could only say Hodor. uh, And then we get his his tragic death as well. Um, And it's rough and, you know, earth shattering, but the episode itself has a ton of other great stuff. Um, We get the introduction of uh, something that will continue over the next couple of episodes of the uh, play that they're putting on at Bravos, yeah. that Arya is watching, where she's watching some of the events that either she was directly there for or has no- knows the truth about, uh, being seen through the light of the commoners and and how they're kind of repurposing things is like ah yes, Joffrey was a wise and noble king and uh, Ned Stark was just a a, a dirty Northerner and. Uh, King Robert was a drunk which is true uh, and Cersei is a noble uh, you know lady who's uh, yeah. leading the kingdom um, and like they they do a lot of stuff with Tyrion where they make him out to be even more of a villain they give him some of the Littlefinger's uh, aspects some of the things he did as far as betraying Ned uh, because that will continue to be used in the play they've created and it's just a really fascinating like it's an adaptation within an adaptation I think yeah. it's lovely. I think it's really, really fun. Uh, I love Arya's reactions to it as she's watching. Uh, it's. I just think that's a really brilliant little insert. Um, Richard E. Grant is there for yeah. two, two seconds. Awesome. I think he's he's in a few more episodes, but uh, th- this one, he just pops up and it's like, wait, what? Yeah. And
2: Essie Davis from the Babadook is Lady Crane. And the guy playing Tyrion, the fake Tyrion, obviously, is. he was in Joker. He was right he was gary i did not realize that who survived when uh, uh what's his name uh joker was like all <laughs> you know when he was doing all of his jokes and japes I think but it's yeah the,
0: joe the... joe care is what you're...
2: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, i think i think the when, when when i saw him on game of thrones i was like i know that guy where have i seen him and it was joker so a lot of cameos
0: cool um we also get some White Walker lore. We get the, the um, background. We, we basically figure out where they came from or why they exist, um, which is that the children weaponized man against himself, uh, which is pretty neat. Um, I'm going to put a pin in Euron. I think, at least in this episode, he's a lot of fun, uh, but we we have much to discuss with him. <laughs> um Yeah. <laughs> We also get a lot of Tyrion and Varys trying to figure out what to do with the Marine and in this episode in particular we get Tyrion uh doing some uh, d- discussing how stories can be digested into political uh political motivations and uh and nice like bite-sized mm-hmm. pills to give to the commoners. It's almost like that's a thing that he believes and we'll come up later.
2: Um, yeah, one of my <laughs> notes was people love a good story, don't they Tyrion? <laughs> <laughs> people love a good story right
0: uh then we also have uh the some of them or some of the political stuff starting in the north with with john being like i'm done with the night's watch what's next yeah um, and then sansa obviously arrives which is also great that we get sansa and john back together Uh that's like the previous episode but now we're getting some more conversations with them uh they're trying to figure out what they're going to do and so that's fun to be like all right what's the political state of the north right now and how are we going to handle this um we also get a fun shot after john and and sansa leave castle black and all the wildlings leave and uh ed is just like i guess i'm lord commander uh there's (laughs) just like 20 guys they're just standing around um yep and then obviously the like i mentioned the Ending with Hodor, so that I think it's just a really stellar episode across the board. I think there's a lot of great scenes and, and great setup, and I uh, really enjoyed it. So yeah. there's that.
2: Yeah. yeah um. So uh, same for for me. My best and worst episode are the same episode. Ooh. Oh. And that's and that's the door. Um. Yeah. No. no <laughs> truth be told, I didn't have a worst episode out of these five. Like none of them really bothered me. I was into all mm. of them. Um, and I think if I would even say that the, that the door is my worst, it's just, don't keep killing dogs for your TV show. When, when summer, when summer started growling, I was like, don't come on. Ghost is the only direwolf I don't worry about. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and even him I worry about. Um, I think it was, it was similar to how, I think we talked about this in, um, I can't remember which, maybe it was the King's Road. Back in season one, yes. we were like, we're going to say that's our worst just because we're sad about what happens with Lady. <laughs> Lady and it was yeah. similar to here. I'm like, it's a great episode of TV. It just made me sad. So I guess that's also kind of my worst. Um, I did notice, I, I was thinking about this when I watched the episode. That, So, so I, I already knew about Hodor's whole thing. I'd read about it when it aired. Mm. And watching the show this third time through, knowing that it's coming, Hodor's not on screen that much. Like, he is, but he mm-hmm. doesn't get utilized a lot. And I spent a lot of time in those early seasons being like, all right, I can't wait to, like, really get more of Hodor because they're really going to make that death hit. And then, he's barely in this season, you know? Right. And obviously, Brand's whole thing took a season off. And I, ultimately, I praised the show for making a, an incredibly emotional, difficult scene out of a character who hasn't had that much screen time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also kind of wish they had, like, retroactively... I'm not saying he had to have big plot points, but just, like, utilize them more in in his scenes. However, it also occurred to me that when the show was airing, when this episode aired, people had had six years of Hodor memes and jokes and interviews, and, like, Hodor was... Part of the culture of watching the show, yes. not just, and and so it, it meant such a different thing when you're watching it in, like, with, with years and years and years behind you of having watched it, whereas I am watching this with a couple of months of watching the show, and it's it's a very different kind of experience that way. That said, it's beautifully done. Um, this these five episodes, I was talking to Alex about this last week. They are just trimming that call sheet down there are so many characters in every episode like no we just we just we don't need you anymore we just go you're out of here osha you're done alister yes. get out of here just get rid of him and and i understand why um, but i remember when when the three-eyed raven gets killed i was like i have zero attachment to the three-eyed raven or anything that this means sure. but i have a lot of attachment to max von Sydow. <laughs> <laughs> so why would you do this and um, the show really turned over a new leaf and then killed her and <laughs> um <laughs> no i i ultimately i i completely agree i thought all the stuff with the play was really really good um i liked the king's moot uh i will also put a pin in euron i wrote that he has two eyes and no krakenhelm so that's kind of how i feel about euron <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that, that, we'll, ep- that episode we'll gives me some feelings I don't like, but also gives me a lot of feelings I really do like. I think there's a lot of really good stuff in that episode. I love the opening where Sans is just, like, telling off Littlefinger, and it's, like, one of the few times in the show we see him, like, completely cowed, where he's like, I have, you got me. Like, I have <laughs> nothing. I can't. I got nothing. And it's great. It's a lot of stuff we'll have to dig into later. So, Alex?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna agree. The best episodes of the door. Um for all the reasons that you already mentioned, and I'm I'm not gonna not gonna admit that I that I teared up at the end, but uh, you <laughs> know, that's uh, uh just brush that under the rug. That's between um, you and Hodor. Yeah. H- oh, I, I teared me. Up.
2: I teared up three times during these five episodes, so. Yeah. Um
1: yeah, Hodor was one of my favorite characters and yeah. I, I yeah, that, that hits me hard every time I watch that episode. Um, it was hard to choose a, a worst episode because I, I – it, it's f- funny, Tyler, bringing up the IMDb scores. I thought this was like a really, really consistent, tight yeah. set of episodes overall. I, I didn't get any weird pacing issues. Um, it didn't feel to me like they were speeding things up and just like mm-hmm. we got to cut stuff out, cut stuff out. Um. It didn't. It didn't come off that way to me. But then again, I, I don't read the books, which I'm assuming feeds a lot into that. Um, so, so it, it was kind of difficult for me to pick out a worst episode. I think by default, it's going to be episode two, home, mm-hmm. just because. Did we really need to see? roose's wife and child getting killed by dogs could we not have just had a thing where where ramsey gives the order to have them executed and then it happens off screen the
0: show is just it really wants every scene with dogs to be very unpleasant like some way or another
1: and and you know i i feel like i've i've been kind of the most hesitant of the three of us, in terms of oh, they went too far with that. But with this one, I'm just like, I get it. Like Ramsey's a monster, and a couple of episodes he's going to stab Usha in the neck, and, and she's going to like bleed <laughs> out in front of us. Like I, I get it. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know. That that seemed like I, I, I feel like it would have been classier to to just have it that happen off screen because sure. we, like that. The fact that Roos's wife isn't really much of a character, she really is just a plot device to have the son yeah. <laughs> to to kind of get under Ramsay's skin. I, I don't know. I, I felt like that was uh, not handled the best. But, I I mean, it's, it's a good – it's a well-done scene. Like, it's well-filmed. There's yeah. a, a lot of tension to it. Um, but it's more just like,
0: you didn't have to go there.
1: <laughs> so – I don't. I honestly don't have that many complaints about this set of episodes. I thought mm-hmm. it
2: was really, really good. Would Would you have preferred that one one come in and perform his wall smack finisher on her? <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs>
0: hurls her over the wall.
2: He's like, <laughs> and just well, like that. <laughs> I charged up my super meter so I can do my ultimate move, <laughs> which is smacking you against a wall. <laughs> I really, uh, yes. I, it was the so frustrating was yes. when when they added Robert Strong and he was just a One One clone. That was so frustrating. <laughs> and Doctor One One.
0: Well joke for all you gamers out there.
2: That's right, um, guys. Every now and again, I like to put on my nerd glasses. You know, get a little geeky. We are
0: gamers of Thrones. You know, oh my that God. joke's probably never been done before. Um, <laughs> Any any particular spots we want to jump into? Because I can I can go on a spiel about Euron. Um, I think he's I think of all the things to point at, it's probably the one that you most need to address when talking about these episodes in terms of book versus show.
2: His name sounds like Euron?
0: Yeah, that's the big. I mean, like, come on, the thing that
2: I keep (laughs) thinking about. (laughs) Sorry, go on. Uh,
0: No, he. We talked about last season how there is a character in Dorn Dorn named Gerald Darkstar, I think, or something like that. Or Uh,
2: Gerald Dane, nay Darkstar, also called Darkstar.
0: Right, 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 sorry, sorry, yes. Uh, It's a a
2: self-appointed
0: title. (laughs) Very cool. Um, And how, like, I think in the books he works well enough, but you've got this character who's supposed to be this very dark, edgy, like, anti-hero knight guy who's like, I'm the best. I'm descended from the best swords family and we're, um, right. And it's just like, and we, you know, there's no indication of whether he's that important in the books or what he's going to end up doing. Um, which is the theme I think for a lot of the stuff we'll probably talk about on this episode is that there's just a lot of characters that they're like, okay, so you don't have a plan, George. Uh, (laughs) we, we don't see how this fits into the big picture. I think we just got to let it go. Um, And then uh, in this season, we have the introduction of Euron. Um, In the books, Euron is like... He's like magical, dark, uh, water wizard, pirate wizard. Um, He has a horn that supposedly can summon krakens. uh, And like he's just got like, he's supposed to be the most cool, terrifying, yeah. amazing figure, uh, that he's ever existed. One eye. Yes. And like, yeah. basically it, it seems like maybe he's being set up as like the next big antagonist. Um, maybe after, after Ramsey, if, if there's like another one in between him and then the, you know, the stuff that will end up happening later. Uh, that I think is directly what's going to happen to the books in terms of, like, season eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe he's what's going to fill out some more space. It, it's it's a weird thing because he's not a character that is, like, heavily introduced until the last book or so. And so yeah. it's like, this is a character who now, now we're really being told this guy's supposed to be super important, and we don't really understand how he clicks into the larger narrative because, again, you've set this up as, like, ultimate power villain man and it's just very hard i'm not saying they couldn't have gone more that route but i think also they just don't like (laughs) i don't know i think it would have been hard to introduce a a villain this late in the game be like this guy this guy's really you know you got to watch out for him um so i don't know maybe i mean like i know basically the reason i bring all this up is like a lot of people who read the books are super upset that Euron is kind of watered down and just like, oh, he's just, you know, kind of this uh, cocky pirate guy. Yeah. But I think he's fun. I, you know, I think he works fine uh, for what he is. I, we can, of course, continue to evaluate this as it goes along towards season seven and eight in particular. Um, but I think as he is right now, it's just like, okay, we got a new Ironborn character. He's popped up out of nowhere. They explain that he's been away, he's come back, yeah. he's a pirate. He wants to. He wants to go uh, marry Daenerys and start doing some raven and pillaging and, and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, yeah, and I think that's like I. It's one of those things where I think if you had not read the books, and Alex, maybe you can yeah. fill more on this on on your feelings. Um, more specifically, I'm talking about this episode because I know I think there are valid criticisms of what they do with him later. But as far as this one goes, I don't know what your feelings are on him as a character because. I think he works perfectly fine in this episode for just, just watching it, like going, going through. through yeah.
1: he, he he is perfectly fine, perfectly acceptable. <laughs> and and I, I mean, I, I yeah, at, at this point, I don't see a real problem with him. I, I will go ahead and say later on, I think he kind of becomes a completely different character in a much sure. more cartoony and problematic way. But right now I think he's perfectly fine.
0: Yeah, And so, I don't know. That's, that's a big thing. It's a, again one of those things we talked about a lot of smaller points last season where it's just like you would not know you're missing anything, yeah. And there's a yeah. reason that it got cut is because they realized you would not know if you were missing anything, <laughs> so yeah. they were just like, all right, we're we're gonna condense this a bit. I don't know.
2: Well, and and he's also in the show. He's a composite of two characters from the books. Sure. Because in the books, there's there's another there's three. Balon has three brothers, one of whom is called Damp Hair, and he's like... I guess he's technically in the show. He's like the yeah. priest who is anointing everybody. And then there's Euron, who's magic pirate, which sounds very good. And then there's <laughs> Vic- uh, Victarion, who's like this massive like warlord with a kraken helm, and he's like this huge monster. And he is the one who Euron is, still shows up and wins the King's Moot and everything. And then in secret, he's like, hey, Victarion, go get and marry Daenerys and take her. Mm. And so the fifth book, like, that's kind of where the Ironborn stuff ends in there, is that Victarion's like, sure thing. And Victarion's heading to take on uh, stuff in Slaver's Bay. And, and this and,
0: happens without Theon or... I don't, yeah, Theon is not perfect. I don't know what, what's happening Yara uh, Yara
2: Yara's, Yara's right, still I mean. there. Yeah, Yara's around. Okay. Um, because there's a a bit in the fourth book, I think, where like three great three gray joys on the Iron Islands get a POV chapter, and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I know what damp hair thinks. Um, <laughs> and they're cool and like, and I've I have joked before that I lament not seeing Krakenhelm in the show, mm-hmm. but like reading the books and seeing just just this far, because I have no idea what Euron does later on in the show just in this, I think it makes total sense to be like, we don't need to create these two characters and do all of this stuff and we have no idea where it's going. What if we just composite them into one guy and keep, keep the Ironborn in the story and we can now involve Theon in that so now we have a little more investment in what's going yeah. on because it affects Theon. And Yara I think is having a lot of great scenes. I'm really mm-hmm. feeling Yara's thunder right now. And like <laughs> I, I think it makes perfect sense, and I, I think you're right. If it doesn't, f- there doesn't seem to be a vacancy in the show. I'm only aware of it because I've read the book and looked at some fan right. art and been like, "That guy's <laughs> awesome." But that's my only like, and, and if my only argument for why a character should be in should be adapted is he's awesome, means like, well, maybe there's there's not a bad reason, and he right. is awesome. But it's like, in terms it, of the, the 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 particular circumstances D and D are under, it's totally okay to. Condense and just kind of simplify things. I, which I think is it's
0: fine. Which is also not to say that I wouldn't love to see a lot of these characters. Like, yeah, like for sure. on like Dark Star, like uh, fake Aegon, or maybe not yeah, fake yeah, yeah. Aegon. I don't know. Right. Um, like all these characters we've talked about, who you know, Kyle Hunt, are,
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> are very very interesting in the books. But also, the books spend so much time just sprawling out and being like, ooh, right. let's explore this little corner of the world. What's going on here? And there's just yeah. a point where you
2: can't. <laughs> it just doesn't work. I mean, they, work. they did this with <laughs> These the are... Brotherhood Without Banners. Um, mm-hmm. The Brotherhood in the book, there's, and I think some of them actually end up showing up later, but there's, like, Lem Lemon Cloak and yeah. uh, Tom 07 Streams. And... I
0: think some of them are supposed to be some of the people we met. There's just, like, we don't spend
2: They're just not identified, on, yeah. Yeah. And Tyler, th- so the sh- the show kind of condensed and went, we got Barrack, we got Thoros, and you know what? Here's Ann guy. Why not? We got an yeah. archer. Call him Ann yeah. guy. We'll do the show. Tyler, I have a request.
1: For every character that's not in the show that is just in the book, can you go back and, and re-edit it so every time I, anyone says one of those names, it's just inserted Tom Bombadil just <laughs> over <laughs> every time?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Flitting around Westeros, just getting stuff done. Uh,
2: <laughs> we, we would I give wish. him the Iron Throne, but he'd just lose it. <laughs>
3: just, they walk into
0: the, you know, the like, Red Keep, and the throne's just gone. They're like, what did you do? And he's like, hey-ho, jolly-ho, I don't know.
2: I don't know. I was b- I was baking a giant piece of bread. Ho, ho. My buttons are made of the moon. What? Why is
0: there a river here now? What did...
2: <laughs> oh, I enjoy swimming. <laughs> Come on, team. Uh speaking of big guys, uh Robert Strong. I like mm-hmm. that they've just I like that the show has cut out the subter- the attempted subterfuge of the books and gone. That's that's the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys get it? <laughs> that's the that's the mountain and he's a zombie now. <laughs> and he's real creepy. <laughs> yeah, he's very the- creepy. And I I did like the scene where like where the flasher was bragging about oh i love that (laughs) cersei and then the mountain just like smushes his head into the wall the way that shot is so "Mm, perfect where the guy like he turns
0: around you hear him he's still peeing so he's peeing on the on robert strong's legs and you hear like the metal he just smashes him into the wall and walks away (laughs) (laughs) one one stroke
2: i was like you know what okay this this mountain scene i will take uh, ooh. yeah um, I, I
1: think that's that's kind of the, the the main scene that i i think of when i think of kind of my, my enjoyment of of being on the ground level with with the commoners in king's landing and kind of hearing kind of how they're interpreting the events that are going on mm-hmm. i think that is kind of the, the central scene that i think of where <laughs> i'm like i like when the show does that yeah.
2: <laughs> um so simply yes or no do we see Dorn or Ilaria the Sand Snakes ever again? Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean, okay. They are, they get addressed.
2: Cuz it would be kind of funny if the show was like, <laughs>
0: and everything was fine. We we're going to start a rebellion and take them and they just
2: they, <laughs> And they, they show here, up yeah. in
0: in the last the 5 minutes. And they did.
2: <laughs> right.
0: Of of the last episode, they're just like, "We're here to take what's ours." And everyone's like, "Just <laughs> go home." Just we're done here it's fine
2: um Um, in episode one i have a note that says uh involving marine it says alex there's bells because they rang some bells in that episode when all the ships got burned up and i know alex loves his bells yep they mean surrender um or ship fire (laughs) um uh, so what, the first time I got Teary in these episodes was when Brienne and Sansa were doing the vows to each other. Mm-hmm. Like that whole scene, I thought was just so wonderful because it it was the first intake of the breath of relief that Sansa is safe now. Yeah, and it was just this moment of like, oh my god, Brienne! Bri-, like, I guess it's only like when she and Theon escape, but like they're being chased, and it's like, no, Brienne is there. Brienne and Pod save everybody. Pod gets saved the way Pod saves Tyrion. He's yep. about to get attacked and then Theon stabs the guy in the back of the head. That was great. And
0: I also I really like that they established that Pod is like not a very good fighter and like
2: Yeah. They they show him like
0: struggling one-on-one with with just a normal guy. Uh yeah. <laughs> Again, the sh- the show pays attention to these things in terms of like this guy is supposed to be a good fighter, so we're going to let him kill a lot of people. And this guy is just a squire yeah. who has been training for 2 months. <laughs> He's not very
2: good at this. <laughs> and, like, all, all of that was just, like, okay, okay. And then when, like, Brian kneels and they start doing the vows, and Sansa doesn't remember them, so, like, Pod is having to cue her. Mm-hmm. Like, all of that I just thought was so beautiful. Um, and then when Sansa reunites with Jon and they see each other, like, I just completely, I was, I was just crying. I, I was so yeah. happy. Like, mm-hmm. I've just been, obviously, hashtag be nice to Sansa. And now the show is, and, like, Sansa's safe.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, no, it's literally the first stark, quote-unquote, reunion yeah, since uh, completely. Episode, or season one, as far yeah, as I'm aware. Because like, we, we have Bran and John have a couple of close misses, and mm-hmm. then everything else is just like, no one gets to, to see each other again. And it's finally like, okay, we're starting yeah. to try to bring these people back together. We did not think it yeah, would ever it's, happen.
2: Even though I, it's a, I, it was pointed out in the IMDb trivia that they've never actually been on screen together. John and Sansa, mm-hmm. or they, they never like interacted, sure. but that's not important. Like, if anything, well, that's, that's almost more powerful.
0: Talking about the fact that it's the first time since season one since any of the Starks have been reunited. That's what they do with a lot. It's just like they are a close family. <laughs> now they're all yeah. separated. <laughs> like, it's right, very right. quick to just scatter them. You're just supposed to assume that uh, yeah. they are a good family.
2: Yeah, and and that that's just so good. And then when they have that conversation about like they're they're both apologizing to each other about being gloomy or bratty or something mm-hmm. like that's just so it's just so good and she makes him a cloak Mm-hmm. and then she's like i want blood <laughs> mm-hmm. oh i i love when Sansa showed up and just started like running things <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, her and, and and also davos like everything
0: i was gonna say davos is really sweet as well because he's like actually open to like okay tell me about like what you know What what is the the North like? Don't give me some more information. I need I need all the information I can get. As opposed to like, I am strong army man and I'm going to do what is right.
2: Yeah.
1: It 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 is funny because like, I I I I do feel like later on things do get a little bit rushed with how how certain things are handled. But I I like how brisk the pace is Mm -hmm. in this first Mm -hmm. set of episodes. Number one with Sansa. Like when she gets to Castle Black, she's immediately like, "No, let's go save our home and kill Ramsay, and let's be done with this." I, I like how how kind of proactive she is about that because um, to me, it's like, "Oh, you you've given this a fair amount of thought because hey, you've been traveling for quite some time." I, yeah, I don't I don't need you to sit there for a whole season being like, "I don't know what to do," and then at the end, we're gonna go back to Winterfell and yeah. take back what's <laughs> yeah. ours in season eleven. Yeah. And and same thing with John being brought back to life. I like how that's wrapped up in the first couple, you know, first two or three episodes. Um, And, and, you know, I, I feel like that's something where it's like, oh, well, that was the cliffhanger of the last season. So it's kind of just lame that it's tied up so quickly. But I feel like I don't know. I feel like, once again with this show, they do such a good job of dealing with the consequences and repercussions of, of such mm-hmm. things. So, like, yeah. immediately after he's brought back, it's like, oh, he doesn't want to be brought back, and he kills <laughs> yeah. everyone who murdered him, and then he's like, <laughs> I'm out of the Night's Watch. Like, I like how immediately we start snowballing into, okay, what does that mean, bringing him back, though? If we're going to yeah. do that, it's not, it's not once again, like, I, I'm imagining, like, almost like the whole season for the night's watch plot being just that couple of nights when they're like locked away, like right. um, Ned and, and, and Davos. And then they're, they're locked away with, with uh, John's corpse trying to figure out what to do. And then at the end of the season, uh, Melisandre is like, I'll bring him back. And then like, I'm, I'm glad we just yeah. get it out of the way. Yeah. I'm glad we do it because it doesn't need to linger. Right.
2: Yeah. Also that body would, would start to atrophy really fast. <laughs> and that was just yeah. getting that na- was just getting nasty, decomposing, getting all gross. <laughs> that se-
0: that sequence does also include uh, a, a highly underrated Davos line that I think was included in the season six trailer, where he says, "Apologies for what you're about to see," because he's like oh, about to try God. and fight his way out before uh, I forget what mm-hmm. happens at that point. I think maybe the the wildlings come and help out her.
2: But yeah, yeah that's, that's when the wildlings roll up. Yeah,
0: and uh, that is I I love that. I think about that all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like just when I'm about to do
2: anything, um. <laughs> <laughs> no Davos is incredible, and and I, talking about how he was sweet about it. He when they're talking about okay, what houses can we ally to our our cause, and what what can't we? Like when, even when he countered Sansa, it was never like condescending. Yeah. It was just like well. I understand what you're saying, but here's this reason. And she's like, I get that reason. Here's this new reason. Ah, okay. Like yeah. it's, it's actually a conversation that goes somewhere. Cause it's two characters respecting each other mm-hmm. and listening to each other. John, John as nice. well
0: is like, he's part yeah. of that conversation. They're all kind of like, ah, oh, this, this is what it should look like when people are trying to uh, work out how to accomplish something.
2: Yes. And, and I liked how, cause obviously this season, I think I, I talked about how in season five, there was, a lot of, I think a lot of the stumbling was just them going, we don't know how long we're going to have to do this. Like, are we going to get mm-hmm. a book soon? Like, what are we doing? And in the season, there's a, a sense of confidence of like, okay, we're just going to do it. We're just going to tell well, our story. I do want to ask Tyler,
1: because I think you know more the most about kind of the behind the scenes stuff. At what point did they know, like, we want to wrap it up with eight seasons? Like, I can't remember if that was They've... kind of from the beginning or... Because... I get the feeling, like, based on Britain, what you were saying is kind of between seasons five and six, they kind of figure out, okay, here's the roadmap. Here's where we want to be by the end of this. I don't know. Which is why five
0: feels aimless in in some places. I don't know what the earliest they, like, put this on record was, but they've said that they always planned on around, like, 70 hours, which is, I think, Mm -hmm. almost exactly what we get when you account for, like shorter than an hour episodes and longer than an hour episodes. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it comes out to like exactly 70 or maybe like 73 or something like that. Um, so they, I think they for a long time have been like, no, we, we need to like make sure we're not just getting lost in whatever avenues we want to go down um, yeah. with minuscule character plots and like yeah. getting caught up in the trivia. Um, so I, I mean, I, I can uh, double check on this cause I think, there are definitely quotes where they say exactly that's how long they wanted to go. I don't know when the first time they said that was. It might have been around this point where they were kind of like, yeah, this is this is what we're aiming for. Yeah. Right. Uh, which will be yeah. something we'll come up we'll, or we'll bring up again because obviously that's a lot of the conversation around the last season. It's like, oh, well, HBO wanted them to uh, make more seasons and make more money. And they were like, no, nah, this is what we see the show doing. Um, yeah. And people have interpreted that in some, I would say, bad faith ways. Uh, we'll talk about it.
2: Yeah, but yeah I, I like how, and I joked about them trimming the call sheet, and I think that's a lot of them going like, okay, what what storylines do we need? What characters do we need? Because now we are heading towards the end of this thing, and like, there there were points when I was like. I wasn't offended or grossed out, but I was just like, do we need to be killing all of these people? (laughs) Like (laughs) we're just getting them left and right. Like if you're not a main character, I am just assuming you're not going to make it through an episode at this point. But then like, I, I, for instance, I liked how they brought Rickon back into the story Mm -hmm. because in the books, he and, uh, Osha, they went to a cannibal Island. They're like way off (laughs) elsewhere. And we haven't seen or heard about them in, Books like it's Alex, I, see,
0: I see your look of concern. Uh, would it help George! if I would? If it, would it help if I told you that there is much discussion about the fact that it might be an island that has unicorns? Look, look. <laughs> you, you could
1: have just stopped it at island. You should have just said Tom Bombadil. They're off in Bo- <laughs> Tom Bombadil land, and we'll if, never see them. They're again. in the Old Forest with Tom <laughs> Bombadil.
2: I can't wait until in the books Rick and rides in on a unicorn. <laughs> um <laughs> It's but like I, supposed I, I, to be
0: like a like a George version of a unicorn. It's like a like a, a horse, like a Harry like a, a Clydesdale or something with like a right. narwhal tusk or something. I don't know.
2: It's <laughs> And it's called like a an E W E N Y K O R N N E
1: this is this is like the people who com, who complain, and I don't even know how how big this audience is, but like for Guardians of the Galaxy two, the fact that Peter Quill's dad in that is Ego, and
2: mm-hmm. not whoever it is Star in the Lord. comics. No, not Star Lord. Sorry, uh, um, uh, Spider Man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Spider Man. He is Star Lord. Uh, Star Fox, but, I think is. But but it's like <laughs> it's not right either.
1: <laughs> On a pure storytelling level, you have to condense some of this stuff, and and, and taking yeah. kind of the best ideas and merging them where you can. Like I, I don't know. Just some of the things I'm hearing, I'm like, I'm sure it
2: sounds good in a book that's like 600 pages. It doesn't work for this show. Right. Well, and specifically like with Rick and I think it it works if they went, okay, we don't know where that story is going in the books. Here's here's how we'll bring it into the show. We'll we'll bring these two actors back. And uh John is hesitant about going to war with Ramsey. We'll put Rickon in there and that's what's gonna really push him forward to be like, well then we have to. Like he has he now, now he he still has a member of my family, so we gotta go we gotta go get right. him. Right. Great, let's do that. I was like, That sounds awesome. Um then that worked for me. I thought that made sense and like and I, I talked about Stannis and stuff at the end of it there in the end of our last season, but like I don't know, I <sighs> All the Alistair, Thorne, and Ollie stuff, like, I thought that worked because that that made John's decision to quit make sense. That he was like, look at everything I've been driven, I've had mm-hmm. to do, and have been, has happened to me. Like, this is not, this is just not worth it. Um, and I do like that he just kind of throws his cloak at Ed, and I was like, the cloak for Ed! And then Ed <laughs> is the, Delordus Ed is of the night's watch. And I'm like, that's great. I love that Ed is still alive. That just makes me happy. Um, that Ed's hanging out. Um, I mean, that that that, entire, uh, the,
0: the mic drop at the end of season three or episode three, where he, he executes them all. He throws the cloak away. He's like, my watch is over. And then he just leaves. I mean, obviously he's not leaving, but like, he's, he's just, nope, we're done here. (laughs) And I think he, he does have a really good follow up conversation with Ed where he explains, I, I'm supposed to serve for life, and they killed me. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I did so, not
2: really.
1: Well, also just the the, the pure logic of uh, how am I expected to continue to lead when half of these people, like I know just a handful of them, murdered me, but a lot of them supported that yeah. group. How am I yeah. supposed to lead?
0: There was that? a there was a pretty solid crowd there when uh uh-huh. he walked up and,
2: and got betrayed. I do like uh when when they're having the meeting after the fact, Alistair's like, Yeah, I killed him and here's why and then he just like straight up <laughs> explains it's it's honestly straight kind of like shooter. Euron at the at the King's mood, Euron's like, Yeah, I killed Balin and here's why. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and, well uh,
0: Thorne also saying uh when John's about to execute him and he's like Alright, kill me, I, you know, that's fair. Uh you're gonna be fighting their wars forever. <laughs> like Yeah. I think you got the bad uh, deal
2: here. He had this great line where he says, I fought, I lost and now I rest. And I was mm-hmm. like, dang, Alistair, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good last <laughs> a good line. One. Good job, man. That was great. And then they did make us look at Ollie's uh mm-hmm. choked face. Not the weirdest close-up in these episodes, but a close-up nonetheless. <laughs> um that was of a man's bepics in episode 5. <laughs> Best episode. (laughs) I will say, I do, Alex and I were talking about this before the recording, that might be the most equal nudity the show has had, because there's a smash cut to a man just holding his own equipment, and they're just looking at it. Yep. And the show's just like, look, look, look at it. (laughs) And then that scene, that's done, and then there's a woman who's topless for the duration of that scene, but it's like, I feel like... This is pretty like she's not overly sexualized in that moment. She's just like changing clothes in a mm. in a dressing room, and he's just like I don't know what's going on with this. <laughs> and it's just all right, Game of Thrones. Like that's pretty equal nudity. I like, good job, I guess. <laughs> good stuff.
0: Um, on a more serious note uh, about Bravos, yes. uh, I, I talked about I think maybe going back to season four. Maybe in last season, I, somewhere along the way, I brought up the fact that it seemed like they really stepped up the production value of, of like the sets and the environments and the shots we get on the outside. Um, there's a really great shot in episode one where Arya is fighting the waif and uh, yeah. she gets beaten down and you see the Titan of Bravos in the background, like standing over the, uh, the scene where she's on her knees. Um, and it's just a really neat shot. And there's some other yeah. stuff. Like there's a, there's a good shot of the um, uh, big pyramid and Marine uh, yep. they, it's still neat. They they do good with that uh, production budget thing.
2: There's um, some great shots within the House of Black and White when like Arya and the Waif are, are sparring. Mm-hmm. There's some really good stuff in there. Yeah, um, I'm liking Arya's stuff. The first couple episodes where she was blind was like that episode of Beast Wars when the the <laughs> Maximals were blinded, and Rhinox was like, I'm I got you. I'm super zen, and uh, Dynavot was like, no. But everything was fine. Um, Spoilers for Beast Wars. (laughs) Um, But, like, I I, I like, too, that Arya is now, she's on an assassin mission and is like, I don't know why I'm killing this woman. Like, I don't know who asked us to kill her. I don't know, does she deserve it? And Murder Uncle is like, does she have to deserve it? Like, that's not our job our job we're not we're not a moral institution um i think all of that's genuinely interesting and i like that it wasn't done in one episode like i like that there's more Mm. that we yeah i I like that it's not just go kill this cameo okay like (laughs) that we're gonna actually use utilize that i think it's pacing is such a difficult thing i was was talking to my mom recently about tv and i said you know i there are so many shows that i think rush things maybe i just like shows where nothing happens (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I just want there to be no no events ever but like I, I agreed Alex that I like the pacing of the John stuff they're like no we don't need to let's just let's handle this yeah. um, but I also like that they're finding in other places where they go we, we, we can actually extend this a little bit and explore it and get something out of it I think that's I think that's smart
0: yeah
1: I I do think the plot that suffers the most from, like, pacing issues or anything, and this is probably just the weakest plot so far of this season, is the Daenerys stuff. Um, yeah, to sure. To me, it feels like sure. drawn out, been there, done that. We've dealt with the Dothraki before. We know how she's going to, you know, take care of this. And then, <laughs> yeah. like, n- none twist, of it's really... it's sur- burning people. Uh, yeah, like, like none of it's really too surprising, and, and Jorah and... uh uh who, Dario, uh, mm. the two of them just kind of walking along and being, and Dario being like, "Well, I got to have sex with her," you know what I mean? And Jorah's like, eh, "Whatever, man, I'm, I'm, I'm dying. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm turning into a zombie." That's uh, like,
0: I don't care. It's, it's not. <laughs> a, it doesn't take like it's a couple of scenes. Um, but that, yeah. that in particular felt very repetitive to me in terms of them like trying to uh, infiltrate. Um. I think maybe it's what I'm thinking of Marine where, where it's the two of them and Grey Worm who like sneak in and then they get in a big battle. And yep. I don't know. There, there's just a few things like that where they continuously have that happen. Um, and yeah, the the whole plot line feels... I, it's neat in the sense of like, oh, the poetry of her going back to the roots and like what originally happened here and now we, you know, we're revisiting all this. Um, but I just... Uh, there's a point where she's already learned all the lessons she's going to learn from this, I guess. And it, it does seem a little like, no. uh, we need, we need her to do something. Um, obviously it does, uh, give her a new fresh army to work with. Cause now it's like, yep. oh, Dothraki are, uh, bowing down to her. Um, and so that's a thing that is important, but uh, I don't know that there's anything they could have done particularly better. I think it really is the fact that they left off, uh, where the books left off with her last season, um, just kind of has it has this season be like, uh, well, that has to go somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> like we have to do something with that. So I don't know. Um, I did yeah. I did have the thought that it would be really funny if she's uh, burning down this hut and then it's like fire cannot kill a dragon. And then like a giant piece of wood just like falls on her and just breaks her, <laughs> breaks her skull. <laughs> just like oh, just well,
2: <laughs> <laughs> mistakes. Yep. And then her her new friend Ghost from Ant Man Two is like, "Well, I guess I'm Daenerys now." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I all of that stuff. I it wasn't bad, but it was just long. Yeah. And did Drogon just like take off? Is that what? Yeah. Okay, like I'm. Okay. I'm ahead up. Okay. I loved Tyrion talking to Viserion and Rhaegal. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That was really good. Um, And I I really like Tyrion proving to the audience, like, Daenerys needs Tyrion. And, like, Tyrion is having to learn about this new political system he's in. But, like, it's so clear. He is so aware of, like, everything she hasn't been doing right. And when he's meeting with the masters about, and you have seven years to deinstitutionalize yourselves from slavery. I liked all of that because he was saying, you know, like, you don't need slaves to be wealthy. I didn't have any slaves, and I was born wealthier than all of you. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I really like this scene where he, where like Grey Worm is kind of giving it back to him, like you you don't understand what this is like mm-hmm. though, like y- you you don't see things from our perspective. There's also my favorite Grey Worm line so far when he and Missandei and Tyrion are waiting for uh, Varys to get out of that meeting, and <laughs> he's like, "Let's play a game. Let's have a conversation. What do you guys usually talk about?" And Grey Worm goes. Patrol, things I see on patrol, <laughs> people I meet on patrol, patrol. <laughs> like, M- just... also during this
0: it looks so like, yeah, like she's so like <laughs> earnest about this. Like, yeah, that's that's what we talked about. That's about right. what?
2: <laughs> she, I think Dinklage is so much better this season than he was in five. Not that he was bad in five. He just gets so much great stuff. Obviously, this is the season where he gets the I drink and I know things mm-hmm. uh, t-shirt. But he also, he has this great bit where he's like, when he's talking about a story, and he goes, the mother of dragons, the breaker of chains, all that. (laughs) That It's it's so good.
0: That was something that struck me, is that I I know we had talked about some of the changes they made to Tyrion back in season four, or at the end of season four, and Mm. how that would affect him moving forward. But I think by this point he's they've, they found stuff for him to do. Like, I find it really interesting to see him trying to apply his political mind towards Marine and, and the slaver's Bay and figuring out how to manage that. Um, and the fact that like, they're a lot more, uh, fatalist, I guess, fatalistic in the, Mm -hmm. in how they approach things. And they're just kind of like, we either want the slaves or the slaves must be free. Like, that's how everyone is is saying on both sides. So he's like, well, what if we have a compromise? And everyone's like, no, what are you, (laughs) it's not how we
2: do things. (laughs) Um, yeah, and there's some moment where, oh, yeah, when, when they were like, she killed all the slavers, and he was like, yeah, but she didn't put in anything to replace it. So, of course, it came up again. Yeah. Like, she didn't think this through. Yeah. Um, which was great. Yeah, I'm uh, i I'm liking the marine stuff more than I'm liking the specifically Daenerys stuff. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... I like Jorah. Like, I got, I was really into the scene where Jorah reveals that he has, mm-hmm. uh, what's it, Grayscale to Daenerys, and then he, like, confesses her love, and then she's like, you're not allowed to leave, you have to go find a cure and then come back. And I was like, this is good. I like all of this. <laughs> Jorah, my friend. Um, in the flashbacks, one, the young Ned looks like Sean Bean. Like, they did a really good job. Yeah, I'm casting that dude. Him, the, and, the uh, one who, yeah. I was gonna say him
0: and Willis. Uh, yeah, young, young Hodor, yeah. Hodor both are like perfect.
2: Um, and I like that they give Roderick like he does. He just has, he's got some mutton chops. They're not braided together beneath his chin yet, <laughs> but you can see he's starting dark there. No, get there. He's taking it for a walk.
0: Uh, <laughs> I I want to I want to mention the Tower of Joy sequence where they're. Ned with mm-hmm. young Ned and and Arthur Dane, because like that the, the Arthur Dane sword fighting it's so unrealistic it's so it's so cool, I love it so yeah. much. No, it's <laughs> like, really I good. get hype about that really every good. time. I know it's like the <laughs> silliest it should be the silliest thing, but like or he's duo wielding the swords and he's you know banging around on on like four people trying to kill him and and just slinging. Oh, it's good. Yeah. it makes me happy
2: and that that he can do all of that and survive but then he can't beat Ned <laughs> was it just the two of them <laughs> all of that's it's still so good though look yeah, look, it's look like really, Brit- really
1: Britain, incredible. we're using general grievous logic here that that guy <laughs> had four arms he was able to take on groups of jedi but you know one little obi-wan kenobi and immediately he loses and, all his limbs and it's they fine. do
0: they do have and uh, if we're if we're rolling back to season 1 here uh, when ned faces jamie jamie's kind of like oh this is a fight. You're kind of good at this. So, I yeah. mean, you know, you could, you could argue that Ned's maybe uh, underrated as a fighter. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know.
2: No, that's a good point. It's kind of like when I see a bunch of ants in my house and I can be like, I know how to do this. Flush you out with water, baby. <laughs> but then I see one big spider near my recycling bin and I'm donezo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, you, you, swing a little at, peek. you swing at three guys, you're probably going to take somebody out. You swing at one right. guy, then then he, can, he you yeah. know, he knows you're going for him, and then you, you know, psychology.
2: Just, I, little peek into my uh, my life before we started recording when I saw a <laughs> giant spider. <laughs> uh, but I'm glad he's okay. I hadn't seen him in a minute, so sure. They... <laughs> he used to be outside our kitchen window, but now he's over by the recycling bin. So
0: he's making moves. I'm happy that he's. Yeah, exactly,
2: um, making deals. But guess what? He still ain't got no skills. That's an In the Heights reference. Sure. Uh,
0: I I do also like that in that sequence they have uh, Bran call out to his father, and he's like, hey, I'm over here, and, uh, like, looks around for a second, and Max Boncita's like, nah, he didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. That was It was the wind. He's fine. The uh, and. Wind. No, Knowing in season five where he's like, all right, now you got to come with me because I'm about to die and you're going to see what happens if you mess with the past. I, that was something that I think watching the show originally as it was coming on, I was always kind of confused as to like what the point of the Hodor stuff was. I think yeah. it makes more sense now as to like the fact that Bran and uh, spoilers, I guess, Bran does not really mess with the past moving okay. forward. And so it's kind of like, this seems to be a lesson to him to be like, you have a lot of power, with great power, comes <laughs> mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. gr- good responsibility. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, to, uh, yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think that's the idea that we're supposed to take from this, is that basically max and Cito was waiting for the right moment uh, to let him know, like, just so you know, you can really screw things up if you try to to change what happened. And also, given the fact that Hodor has always been like this, Time must be a flat circle when you can't change anything. So <laughs> that's neat.
2: Yeah, I, um, Paradox. I remember, and now that you've clarified that he doesn't change the past, I, I can give this theory. I can't remember if I... I remember thinking at some point, maybe it's from the books, now that I think of it, wondering if Bran was going to be responsible for the Mad King going mad. Right. I think yes. that was a theory yeah. for a time that like, he would eventually see... That He would witness the rise and fall of Aerys Targaryen II, Mm -hmm. and to, like, maybe he was going to see Aerys do something terrible, and he's like, I'm going to warg into him real quick. And that basically it was going to be like, oh, this was all Bran's fault, that Bran drove the Mad King mad, and such and such, which, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I don't, it's not... I don't think Bran's gotten to flashbacks by this point in the books. I could be I, wrong. Yeah,
2: I don't, think, I don't think so. I think he's, like, I think just it was maybe, arrived
0: at the Three-Eyed Raven. Um, yeah,
2: because I, I think it was, like, a combination of stuff from the books and stuff from the show that people started yeah. to create that. Because I um, think Martin has confirmed that Shireen and Hodor both have a similar— that they will have a similar fate in the book. Yes. It may not be to the letter, but it's like, yeah. yes, basically that's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Um. um and so I, I think, I mean, for all we know, it could still happen in the books. Yeah. That could be an additional layer, which I think that would be a shame if that got left out uh, of the show, sure. if that was, like, supposed to be the idea. But also, that would have more ramifications, I think, for Brand's character and, like, what all that's supposed to mean. So maybe they just yeah, yeah, were yeah. like, we're not touching it. I don't know. Um, I feel like the cuz they they've talked about how they uh there were three like wow moments that George revealed to them um mm. when they finally got t- sat down with him and were like okay so uh what are we doing here because we need more information um and i think one of them was serene uh he's talked about one maybe the other one was hodor it might have been something else they, they they've talked about this it, it's confirmed somewhere um, and then the third one happened right towards the end, which is a thing we'll talk about. Okay. Uh, but uh, I would think that would count if, if that was something that George wanted to, like, give them. Um, or maybe yeah, George yeah. is is being a secret keeper. He's like, this is one thing that I will have for myself. Um,
2: so, I don't know. I put this in my pensive, and no one can get into my pensive but me. <laughs> it's called George's Pensive. And it's...
0: It's it's just memories of me watching Giants games. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, those books about vampire rock musicians, I think, is what <laughs> I used to write. <laughs>
0: Something I like, like that. Uh, yep. Yeah. Any other big points? Probably are. I feel like we've, we've got a good bit of things. To oh, I guess,
2: about. I mean, all the King's Landing stuff. Cersei mm-hmm. and... Jonathan Price's monologue about his dad and he's the best. <laughs> Just he's the best. I
1: I found it like super powerful that we haven't seen Loris in a season.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um mm-hmm.
1: and we come back to him and he's like completely broken and defeated and he's like let them win. I don't care. Just yeah. stop hurting
0: me, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like I know, to like, leave Mar- Marjorie's like the yeah.
2: one Marjorie is still holding on, but Yeah, I um <clears throat> I I like that Tommen is starting to like touch on his like he's starting to turn a little bit cuz mm. he has that scene with Cersei where he's like teach me basically like teach me how to be like you so I can stop this kind of stuff from happening. And then he says something about like I would bring the ceiling of the sept down onto the High Sparrow if I could. And I was like don't give her ideas. <laughs> uh- <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah I thought all that was really was really good. I mean you know the, I like the small council stuff cuz I like seeing Diana Rig uh RIP. Oh my god. Yeah. Geez. We haven't we haven't yeah. uh, addressed oh, that because
0: that kind of happened in the middle of all the shuffle um but we we lost her uh Yeah. Yeah. I think we had already recorded the last one of these episodes before that happened. I think um, so. But to momentarily and rightfully derail the podcast um i mean she's amazing in this no, she's amazing, amazing in many other things yeah. like uh, you know it's, yeah it's a
2: shame um completely we we have tossed around casually the idea of one day doing a bunch of the muppet movies as as a as a franchise and she is uh one of the lead characters in the great muppet caper which is where i first saw her and she's mm-hmm. a lot of fun in that. And so, if we ever do those movies, we'll get more chances to talk about her. She's she's and of course, we well, you guys already talked about her in the uh, yes yeah. Majesty Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah, yeah, she's great. And Olena is great. We have extolled her praises many times on this on this podcast, and how wonderful Olena is. Yep. Man. Um, Mace got a haircut. <laughs> sure a little, little, little shorter in back not as many uh funny i think he at one point tries to like interject and then Ray cuts him off or something mm. <laughs> um there's also a really great scene where cersei comes in and i think Pycelle has been talking to tommen yeah and <laughs> and and he's been he was basically Trying to get Tom and over on his side, and he's looking all like puffed up and proud. And there's a really long take of Pisel just kind of sh- slowly shuffling out of the room. <laughs> like it was very funny. He's just like, "Get out of here." Okay, do 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 do. <laughs> just like slowly. That and I, end, uh, man, I, I s- like. I think that's episode so
0: four, and in the same episode uh, in Castle Black, when everyone's eating. Uh, for the first time, like they're all sitting down, they've they reunited, and everyone's just quietly sitting there eating eating food, and like Torman's giving Brienne weird looks, and Brienne's just like, I don't know any of
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love I love Tormund's like eye flirting with Brienne when like they're about to ride out, and he he's just staring at her, and she finally looks over, and he's like, uh eh? huh, eh? <laughs> just like bouncing his eyebrow. <laughs> I remember the internet losing their mind when Tormund got his little Brienne crush. I thought that was so good. And I really liked um, when she's talking to Sansa about, I don't want to leave you at Castle Black. And she's like, you're leaving me with Jon. And she's like, I like Jon. He's a little brooding, I guess, but there's a good reason for that. (laughs) And then she's like, but all these people here, I don't know, and that wildling with the beard. He's he's so strange. I
0: was like, this is adorable. I love all of this um also in that scene john gets a letter from ramsay uh that is we taught we touched on this briefly i think uh in the books we leave off and john gets that letter and he's like i have to go save my sister and then that's how uh that's what ends up leading to everyone mutineering against him um so this is it's an interesting adaptation to just be like nope the, the big Mistake he made. He let the wildlings in. He, you know, he's got compassion for him. He likes them. He let them through the wall. Now the, the the castle black hates him, and the north hates him. It's a big problem. Cool, <laughs> we're, we're settled. Because there is a whole other thing, um, and maybe this is more uh, apt for next week. And and I will probably get into this a bit more. Um, but there's a whole theory that is probably pretty likely to happen in the books based on the way the books go. Um, that like all the Northern houses are like actually conspiring against the Boltons and they're trying to do all the stuff. Um, whereas the, the show really takes a more direct route of like, Nope, they're, they're, they're ticked off at the Starks. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. the car the, the Starks have been killed um, by the, by Rob uh, or, at least their head was killed by Rob, and yeah. so they don't like him. They don't like John because John let the wildlings in, and the wildlings are now going to attack their homes. They're at least they're afraid of that. Um, and I, I think the way the show approaches that and the way that gets executed in the next few episodes works out well. We'll talk about it. Um, cool. But yeah, uh, the I, I definitely left this. I think for me, for the first time in a while, I left this being like. This set of episodes being like, I, I really want to watch next episode already. Yeah. Um, I think that this one sets up a lot of really cool stuff. And then uh, all of that really gets paid off in the next few episodes. Um, a good showing uh, across the board, I would say. Probably one of yeah, the... Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's up there with season three in terms of opening set of episodes. Oh,
2: sure. Um, I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah, I am. Um, a few other just like minor things. Mira killed the White Walker. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So now we know that the I'm White Walkers can only be killed. Yep, they can only be killed by brunettes. <laughs> uh, and I have. Do, 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 Davos is great. Um... Oh, <laughs> Roos, when he's talking about Stannis' killer, he hits the word man really hard, where he's like. Well, I'd like to meet the man that did it, the man that killed Stanis, right? He probably <laughs> used his beepus to do it, because it was a boy. A boy killed him, right? <laughs> Is there do you real think thing he had that? warts? <laughs> Specifically, two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, there's a really neat thing. So, this, okay, so there's a podcast in the world called the allusionist a-l-l-usionist that's about language and that's not it's it was either on that podcast or a podcast called Twenty Thousand hertz which is about sound where the guy who designed all the languages for game of thrones was interviewed and Mm -hmm. they talked to him about how he created these languages and it's really really fascinating and in it he talks about how they mispronounced, that he realized later that they, they had been that according to the rules he set up, they had been mispronouncing "khalisi," and in these group of episodes, they start saying "khalisi,"," mm-hmm. which is fat. I really recommend people go listen to those two podcasts anyway, they're great um, after you've listened to ours. And they're really fascinating, which I think he, maybe he's on both, whatever. They're really great episodes, and it's really fascinating to hear him explain these languages. But particularly that one, and how now he got them to start saying "khaleesi" instead of "kaleesi." I uh, it's it was it's really neat.
0: I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a character thing or it, was, it just they happened to be better at teaching the languages or whatever. But I, I felt sure. like uh, Daenerys in particular, Amelia uh, Clark, I should say, uh, was like more fluid. With Dothraki, yeah, um, I felt like mm-hmm. it, was, it. It sounded a lot better. I don't know if the idea was just she has known it for longer and has practiced it with Misande and like now she's she has a better grasp of it or what. Um, right, but I thought that was really neat. Uh, I I definitely did not notice something, so maybe that's what it was.
2: Yeah, may, maybe. But I I agree. She seemed a lot more like confident and seemed to roll off her tongue a little more easily. As I say this, as though I'm in any way a linguist. Um, we <laughs> it get some blackfish mention. Yes. Blackfish retook River Run, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I love Blackfish, and uh, I really like where Gilly talks about. She thought the sea was called that because it was as far as you could <laughs> see. See, see. I thought that was great. <laughs> she, See sea for Catwoman. We, we she also... might be. She might be my favorite character, Gilly. I don't <laughs> know. I really like her a lot. We also get
0: Sam throwing up, which I don't know if he's thrown up before, but he will throw up again. Uh, foreshadowing. A little
2: uh, Ooh. a little hint for okay. the future there. <laughs> I mean, it, going by movie and TV rules, that means he's pregnant. So, <laughs> <laughs> with twins. Oh beans! Oh no.
1: Um, I did want to point out the scene where Littlefinger returns to talk with Sansa, um, and she is very much like. No, we're not going to forget that the rape scene that everyone hated happened. Yeah. We're not going to forget that. Do you want me to describe to you in detail, little finger, what exactly yeah. happened?
2: When she keeps challenging him, like, what do you think happened to me? What do you think he did? Yeah. Okay, what else do you think he did? Like, she keeps pushing yeah. it on him. Like, it's it's so good.
1: Yeah. So, once again, like, the show probably did go too far, at least in, in kind of explicitly being like, yeah, that happened. But I, I still appreciate the fact that they, they didn't forget that. They didn't no. just sweep it under the rug because people complained. And they're like, no, no, no. This is a, a key character moment that she needs to have no. where she's confronting him sure. because this
0: horrible thing happened and, to her. And it's yeah, totally his fault. Specifically is is helping drive more of a wedge between her and Littlefinger. Like, that's, I think, yeah. Yeah. quite uh, good usage, I guess. Um,
2: yeah, absolutely.
0: I have a couple of minor things, I think. Uh I don't, if if no one else has a big topic, a big picture no, topic, please go ahead. Um, <clears throat> I I feel like Stannis uh, should have tried to make sure he got that uh, express shipping on the uh, blood magic to kill Baelen Greyjoy. Um, yeah, he, <laughs> he was he was so hyped about. Oh yeah, I got Joffrey killed. I got Rob killed. Man, it's it's great. And uh, this one didn't didn't pay off until after he's already dead. And it's like wow, never uh, never shirk on that. You know.
2: Maybe he's 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 looking at the the mother and the, the father and the crone and the stranger going, I have killed Balen Greyjoy <laughs> <laughs> up there in the seven heavens.
0: I... St- Stannis and Robert and uh, <laughs> uh, who's the third brother? And
2: Rob and um, oh, uh, uh, ba- uh, Renly.
0: Renly, yes. Uh, they're all sitting around. He's like, I did it. Kill Balon. Then ba- Bailon Bailon walks Grinchel. in and he's like, I killed you. He's like, it hey, was my brother. I
2: don't know. <laughs> I, nope, I nope. Th- and I also got Shaggy Dog. It was all me. <laughs> me, me, me. I did thoroughly enjoy when Balon
1: gets thrown off the bridge.
0: Oh, that was great. I I, I have expressed yeah. before that I am a huge fan of of showing. Any scene where you got a good you know guy getting chucked off of something and you get to watch him <laughs> fall, I I don't know why I just love it. It's it's always hey tickles my fancy.
2: To call back, how does Denethor die in Ooh. Return of the King? Does he get pu- He gets pushed off of something. He, right? He jumps off. Uh, no he, he, he jumps gets, off he, okay he okay.
1: jumps in the, the the pyre where where faramir is is almost getting burned. that's and right, he's like oh faramir right. was alive this whole time maybe i've made an unwise decision and then he runs like a mile and a
0: half mm-hmm. to the end of of the top level of minister and then just jumps off which i would also accept as a <laughs> cate- part of this category of scenes so,
2: yes you know. because i remember you you're you're theorizing that balon was essentially wet yes Denethor. yes <laughs> Correct. it's uh just and now he's
0: very wet um mm-hmm. and dead uh, i i really like the idea of stannis being like the usurper rob stark the usurper joffrey baratheon the balon Greyjoy. Shaggy Dog. He just has a fourth leech. He just tosses it in
2: there. Shaggy Dog is the one he hates the most. Yes. <laughs> so dog I can eat his meat. <laughs> canonical. His canonical. He's looking at Shaggy Dog the way torment's bouncing his eyebrows at Brienne. <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh. And then you just hear Rob, like, Rob walks over. He's like, no, no.
0: <laughs> there is uh I, I do like some of the stuff to do with ramsey as well uh in terms of like solidifying a how awful he is but b the fact that he is like overly arrogant and and is probably making yeah. bad political decisions um because he kills we haven't even mentioned this he kills his father in this set of episodes yeah. uh and then it's like, nah, <laughs> he was poisoned by his enemies. Um, and his maester's face uh, when he's saying that, oh, where he's no. like, what what did he do? He's just, his maester is just <laughs> very like, uh, it's like Martin Freeman-esque. Like, just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and, and he kind of just accepts this and is like, well, he's going to kill me if I don't do anything, uh, which is pretty fun. um, And I really like the poetry of the fact that both Tywin and Bruce were killed by their uh, their sons, and, like, yeah. they're the guys who orchestrated the Red Wedding. And it's like, oh, who, wh- what's the payback going to be? You know, when are the Starks going to get theirs and get their comeuppance? And it's like, well, th- they're both kind of terrible people because they orchestrated this. That You know, they've got their own problems that are going to come back to bite them. Like, you, it, yeah. I think it's a very consistent uh, worldview uh, to have them be killed by non-Stark-related things. Right. Uh, just because of, like, how they manage their families. I mean, specifically their families and so uh, no. I thought
2: that was really neat. Yeah, that's, I thought about that. That's interesting. Hm. It's like they thought about it when they wrote the TV show.
0: <laughs> maybe so. We can only hope. Um, what else was I gonna say about Ramsey? Oh, also, uh, he he mourns Miranda for like thirty seconds, and he's like,
3: "Yeah."
0: Uh, they're, they're like, "Okay, well, do you want us to set up the pyre, or maybe barrier?" And he's like, nah, dogs, man. What are you like? They they need food. <laughs> this is fine." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "Oh no, Miranda's dead." Oh well.
1: who wants lunch
3: yeah
2: Yeah. any other big points guys in these first five
0: I I did like our call uh, fraternity uh, bros in the first couple of episodes here in Daenerys where they're just like making lots of crude jokes and Poking fun at oh, Daenerys yeah. and and being bros. They, what what's the they have the interaction where uh, the guys I I think one of them says there's nothing no greater pleasure to, than to lie with a beautiful woman or something like that and they keep bringing up like what about killing a man <laughs> and what about yeah. like eating good food <laughs> or something like that and then I think he he ends up saying uh, it's one of the top five great things in life <laughs> it's it's great and weird and. <laughs> I think, again, one of those things that probably people point to is like, oh, that's, the, the show goes too far to humor. But I think the show just always has this really dumb humor, like, yeah. lying, ready to boil up at any moment. <laughs>
2: and I kind of love it. Had they talked about the Dosh Khaleen earlier in the show? Because when they... When Jorah and Dario go to Vyastathrak, to Jorah's like, well, you know, she was supposed to come here after Drogo died, but then she didn't. Had they ever addressed that before? Well, the... I don't know if they really talk about it. I mean,
0: I think the idea is that the place where she ate the heart is the temple she burns down. Yeah, that's the idea. And so, obviously, she'd been there. I don't know if they really address anything, just because, like, at the end of the the Season 1 plotline, everyone's kind of dead and scattered, and no one is there to, like, take her back to... Well,
1: it, I, I, to Britain's yeah. point, it's a little weird, particularly at, at the beginning of season two, when when her and kind of what's left of her left of her kind of Dethraki clan, they're just wandering the desert, yep. and Jorah's not like, well, you know, technically, since since Drogo died, you, you, the Dethraki would want you to go to this place, right? Like it's it's it, it it's not ever right. brought up. Um, so that's that's. Okay. It does feel a little retconny, which mm. may may also feed into some of my issues with that feeling just kind of needless and kind of, well, I guess she just needs
2: more people for her army. And, yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I was fine with all of it. I did like that there's that one woman that looks a lot like Mary Mazdor, and I just assumed Daenerys would immediately set her on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, hello, I'm, ah! <laughs> just like, Dracarys, Dracarys, Dracarys! <laughs> I have killed Miri Stan Stannis. You didn't even know her.
0: <laughs> that wasn't <Miri> Mary Stan Stannis.
2: <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh dear, good stuff. Well, if there's nothing else, Tyler, would you like to do your the recommendation section? Would you like to start that off? Sure. You, you missed a week. Yeah.
0: Um, I did watch watch a few movies over the the break somehow. Um, my, I, I watched, I'm going to throw a, a, a half recommendation or a, a less full throated recommendation that nonetheless, I enjoyed a lot. Um, is the Amazon prime exclusive vast of night, the vast of night, um, oh. which was a really neat movie. It's, uh, I, I think I'd seen it on the Amazon homepage and then also red letter media did, a uh, an episode on it. Um, and uh it's really neat. It's a, it's a cool little movie about uh it's really focused on radio and communication and the, I mean it, it's supposed to be like a Twilight Zone episode. The the, mm-hmm. the the beginning of the movie has this like oh the paradox theater uh mm. Twilight Hour or whatever. Like it, it it's directly calling back to shows like that. Um yeah. And so like it does get supernatural but a lot of just the craft of how the movie is made is really fascinating and fun to watch. Um, the camera, at least for a good portion of the beginning of the movie, never goes anywhere without following a character all the way there. So like there's a character who, um, like, or there are a couple characters who walk across this small town in New Mexico. Um, and the camera follows them all the way as they have this conversation. It's not like one track or not one track. It's not one shot. Um, there are some long, continuous shots, but, like, it does break it up. It's not trying to do it that way. Uh, it's just, like, very well-paced in the fact that anytime these characters are talking or walking anywhere, you're following them all the way through where they're going, and you're seeing the building they're going into. And it, it's There's some really, really cool uh, shots and, and visuals in there. Um, okay. So I want to throw that out there. It's neat, and I think it has some things to say that are cool. <laughs> um <laughs> about radio and technology and stuff. Um, yeah. The my, my heartier recommendation is uh, for the movie, also Amazon Prime exclusive, uh, Honey Boy. Um, mm. Shia LaBeouf's... Not directed, but he got someone to direct uh, it, and I think he also produced it, and then he starred in it. Basically... Yeah, and he, and he wrote it. Right, yes, also that. Um, And basically, the idea is... He is doing this very, it's basically uh, biographical. It's not because it's mm-hmm. about a fictional character who is like a stand-in for himself. Um, exploring his like abuse and trauma with his father uh, and and kind of jumping back and forth between um, more recent Shia, not Shia, fake Shia, I don't know. Uh, dealing with like therapy and going to rehab and and trying to figure out how to deal with anger and substance abuse and stuff. And then flashing back to when he was a kid and his father was dealing with a lot of similar things and how his father was kind of abusive. Um, But he is playing his own father and it's really fascinating and powerful. Like it's, I mean, it's probably my favorite child above performance. I don't know that there's like a ton of his that that beyond like a peanut butter Falcon um, that I would say are like amazing uh, and holes, of course. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that it's, it's just a striking, like him, the, basically the whole backstory behind it too, is that he wrote this out as I guess it's kind of like a catharsis. And then he went and actually got his dad to approve the script. Like he talked to his dad and reconnected with his dad. Um, yeah. who I think is living in like Cuba to avoid, uh, us government, problems or like financial problems I don't wow. know something like that um but he went and talked to him and he like went over the script and his dad was like okay what well, you know sounds good and then he revealed i'm going to be playing you uh and like he said that actually like sparked a bit of like a reconnection with his dad because his dad didn't like expect him to do that yeah i don't know it's a it's a really really fascinating movie to watch it also has some fun stuff like the beginning of the movie is uh or the opening is uh, a callback to the Transformers movies and him being dragged around on wires. There's like a shot that's like a recreation of the one of the shots from Revenge of the Fallen, um, and huh. so that's a fun little thing. But yeah, it's it's really powerful. It's really neat. Um, it's ultimately not, I think, as depressing as you would expect. I mean, it's it's heavy, Good. but it's. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's a, it's a really fascinating, cool. A uh, project for him to undertake, and I wish he'd gotten more buzz for his performance in it because yeah. I think it's 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 just like watching it and being like this man is playing his own father who he has such a complicated relationship with is it, it's just amazing to watch. Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's one that I've been really curious about, but have always been just really hesitant for fear of the heaviness. So, so that 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 makes me feel a little better, <clears throat> a little better about watching it. So. That is good to hear alex do you have anything uh not this time
1: uh because britain you and i had had recently you know had, yeah not 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 dealing with the actual release of the episodes we we had just recorded our uh a spooktacular episode just a few days ago <laughs> um i've yeah. been really busy haven't watched a whole lot i was trying to catch up on game of thrones um <laughs> Uh, A friend of the podcast, Cecilia, and I watched Vanilla Sky for the millionth time, so (laughs) there's that. (laughs)
2: Um, Excuses, excuses. I (laughs) No, totally. That actually makes sense. It's actually funny because I actually have uh, two recommendations because one does not in any way need my help. Um, So my my main recommendation, my big one that people might not have seen. Uh, I, I recently went through a phase where I was trying to catch up on like old classics. And so I watched 1960s, the apartment. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a film by Billy Wilder. It's a classic, much beloved comedy starring Jack lemon and Shirley MacLaine. And it, I think one best picture, like it was this huge mm-hmm. movie. And I finally got around to watching it on Amazon prime. And Sponsor I of loved this podcast. it. It's, Sponsor the podcast, and it's really, really (laughs) well done. It's the story of Jack Lemmon plays this, like, nebbishy, like, office drone who, in an effort to sort of climb the corporate ladder, lends out his apartment to his—the upper-level executives to use for their extramarital affairs, (laughs) and it's—I wouldn't say it's going well, but it's going— and then inevitably, he of course crosses paths with one of these mistresses, played by Shirley MacLaine, and falls for her. And then complications ensue. It is at times very, very funny, and at times quite serious. It's very sweet. Both Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine are fantastic in it. Like it's just two really classic old movie star uh, performances that I really enjoyed. Fred McMurray uh, is in there. He's really good. Like it's just a really, really neat movie that is so clearly from 1960 but like does not feel like aged at all it, I don't know it's i really really responded to it and the other one i want to recommend uh yeah, tyler just had a kid so i'm gonna recommend a movie about kids and is for everybody i watched my neighbor totoro again um hbo max has a it might be the full Studio Ghibli feature collection, or if not, it's a very yeah, it's close very to it. good one. And so I've been it's all revisiting, the ones, and <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And I just, my Neighbor Totoro is just—it's a masterpiece. It is so, it is almost entirely without conflict. It, there is conflict, but it's not most of the movie. Um, it's like this, just eighty-one minute, like eighty-seven minutes just gentle breezy fresh air movie uh it's so beautifully drawn uh, i watched the english dub which stars very young dakota and l fanning as the lead sisters which is adorable and they're both really fun in it and i i feel like in general the studio ghibli uh english dubs tend to be really well done they tend to not be as clunky as translations always are and they cast really good people um yeah My Neighbor Totoro it was just such a great movie to watch like late at night as I was cozying up for bed and then like to watch on a weekend morning just like lazy day nice weather um Miyazaki just draws these beautiful worlds where the windows are always open and it's just these gorgeous days and I just uh I really really I mean My Neighbor Totoro is like a known classic right. which I guess the apartment is too but uh I just had to to mention it and that i love my neighbor totoro very much and i'm i'm currently working my way through that ghibli uh collection it's it's just a real treat to go back and check that out so for for an older classic the apartment and for a more recent classic my neighbor totoro
0: seems good
2: yeah (laughs) yeah Well, Tyler, do you think you can squeeze out another one of these next week?
0: Yes, I don't. I don't know how I feel about that description, but
2: you feel like you can do another episode <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah,
0: hopefully we'll be uh, we'll be back to it. Um, I'm excited to watch this next set because
2: uh, yeah, it's a too. strong one. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Well, Tyler, we're glad you're back, and we're glad to all be together again for this spookiest of season.
0: Boo! (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if we've decided uh, if we're going to do any sort of other Halloween ones beyond the second Spooky Buddies, second annual Spooky Buddies podcast. Um, which is weird that it happened in like almost the same time frame. Yeah. Um, that's wild. September is a is a busy month for me, I guess, or October or whatever. Um, Apparently. <laughs> fall is a time of change. Uh it is. Gosh, you know, it really makes me think. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, we we'll, we'll we'll talk about if we wanna throw out something in the middle of covering Game of Thrones in terms of uh a, a fun halloween episode or maybe our halloween episode will literally be us covering the finale of uh, game of thrones which i don't know that's <laughs> uh, a nice coincidence i guess um yeah you can find us online at herecomesequels.blogspot.com you can find us on twitter at hct sequels you can search for us on itunes on spotify uh soundcloud uh, there's probably another thing I mentioned. You can email us at herecomingsequels at gmail.com if I didn't already say that. Um, Britain, I, I, I did listen to the last podcast and I noted that you also struggled to find things. It is not that yeah. easy, Alex. You, we'll have to make you do it one of these days.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. We're just in so many places. We're gonna have to get Yakko Warner to come in here and do a song about all the places you can find us. <laughs> Well, that's. itunes and spotify soundcloud and that's it <laughs> i can't remember any others <laughs> yeah well yay thanks guys for tuning in um i'm gonna go hold the door i've been britain <laughs> i've been alex
0: <laughs> i've been tyler <laughs> and you're you're having a good night i hope <laughs>